Welcome back to All in the Library, a podcast where two librarians talk about books with other librarians, students, teachers, and hopefully a few authors along the way. I'm Leslie Nicholson, a middle school librarian. And I'm Debbie Sewell, a high school librarian. So without any further ado, let's get started with our second episode. In this episode, we get to talk to Jared Amato. Jared is the founder of the Project Lit Community Movement. Welcome, Jared. We are so glad you are here. Tell us, Jared, how you started Project Lit Community. Thanks, y'all. Um, I'm looking at my, my wall in my classroom, my bulletin board, and I'm looking at our founding students who are now in college. So five years already, which is crazy to think about. Five years ago, right around this time of year, we were back in school uh, before a global pandemic um, was, was even on our radar. And we were uh, at a group of sophomores at Maplewood High School here in Nashville, um, who I taught the year before. And so we had spent that entire freshman year creating this culture of reading, um, all about like just access and choice and reading and writing together in this beautiful community. And we came back that year, we started reading about book deserts, about the importance of access. Um, Project-based learning was a, a big priority of our district. So we set about this goal of eliminating book deserts and increasing book access and promoting love of reading in our, our East National community. And so Project Lit Community, Libraries in the Community, was born um, out of that classroom at Maplewood High School five years ago. And of course, over the last um, the last five years, we have turned that class project into a national um, global community uh, of students and educators um, around the world who are, yes, increasing access, but really um, working together to, to celebrate books and readers and uh, one another. Oh, that's amazing. So why did you decide to start it? And what are you talking about when you say the book deserts? Yeah, so book deserts were, was a term from that article that we read together that maybe like it was not on my radar at the time, right? So a book desert is really any area um, with limited access to books. So when you live in an area, whether you're in a school, a classroom, a community where books are hard to find, like the chances of you becoming an avid reader and writer are slim, right? If you grow up in a desert, you're not going to ski. Um, if you grow up without instruments, you're not going to be like, you're not going to be able to play the piano without access. So I think we talk about literacy and like all these big problems that are really complicated and hard to solve. And I feel like access is not like one, it shouldn't be one of those things. So starting with access, like was the easy first step of like, we can do something about this. We can start a book drive. We can build little libraries. We can set up, um, yeah, like little, our own little libraries and community centers. And basically the goal was to have books everywhere young people are in their community. And so that was kind of the initial, the initial step. And how did you, how did you, how did you make that happen? One step at a time. I think that's kind of looking back. I spent a lot of time over the pandemic reflecting on our journey and it really just was one small step at a time. I think in, in education, especially this year, when we feel overwhelmed, we feel like we can't make a difference. Little things, every student, each, each student, each book, each conversation, all those little things add up over time. And that, that's really what it was. So it was, it was a book drive. It was building, uh, we had USA Today newsstands that we converted into little libraries. It was setting those up. It was delivering books before Christmas. We wrapped books and delivered them. It was dropping off books at local elementary schools and community centers. 
And then the big thing, right, that y'all probably got connected with was the book club. And so the book club was the next step in that journey together as a group where, hey, let's celebrate a great book each month. Let's invite friends in, family in, community members, school board, our school community. Um, and let's come together to read great books, to celebrate them, to have conversation. And then beyond that, let's like, let's work together to really empower our young people to, yes, address literacy needs, but really just to empower them as, you know, as readers and writers and leaders in our community. So this last year, um, Debbie at her school, they have done Project Lit for a couple of years. And I just started a, a new chapter, uh, I think towards the end of the last year I, I joined. So what, it, what is it, what, what, what are we able to do? What can we do joining as a new chapter? Yeah, so the chapters, I'll be honest, over the last year, so thank you to anybody who's been trying to keep at it throughout the, the last year and a half. It's been, I'll just be really honest, it's been really hard for me even here in Nashville where we had this founding chapter. So the work, I think, um, we start simple, right? The goal initially is to help every educator, whether we're in Texas or Tennessee or Tacoma, Washington, or the Bronx, I think with all of our chapters all over the world, like the first step is like to get back to starting chapters of our own. So to create a chapter at our school, in our library, empowering a group of young people locally to make a difference in our school, in our community, right? Whether that's through book club, through service, um, if anything we decided to do, just creating community, a safe place for young people to be together. And then really what is what it's also about is getting our young people to be part of a larger community, right? So know that they're part of something bigger than themselves, to be part of a national community where um, ideally we're back in person again. We're getting together in conferences together and meeting each other and meeting other young people around the world who share their passion for reading, but also just share the passion for using reading and writing to not only better ourselves and make sense of ourselves in this world, but also to just make it better. And so I'm excited for our community to continue to grow. And then for us to think about ways big and small that we can bring students and teachers and librarians and authors together, um, whether that's through Zoom, whether that's in person, whether that's through writing contests, through social media, through Instagram and TikTok, through conference, all, all the above, right? Yeah, I just think the idea is supporting each other to, um, yeah, to just get back into get back into this, yeah, into school, into reading, into writing, to make it fun, to make it cool, to make it something that um, that can help us heal and give us hope. So I totally agree. I must say that our school is very diverse, and our book club has just grown by leaps and bounds since we became a Project Lit chapter. So we have a book club we've had for like 16 years, and we have a very diverse school, and they really are just so enthralled by your selections being mirrors and doors and windows into different, so many different things. Tell us about... Um, how you select the books and how you covered so many areas because my kids are just loving them. So that's exactly the, the goal, right? Is that young people are choosing the books. They're excited to be reading them. Um, it's, it's like a lot of what you're saying is taking, okay, we may have done book club in the past. Book clubs have been around forever, but making it one that is fun, that is student centered, that um, is tackling different things. Like you said, like there may be months where we want to get into scary stories and thrillers. There may be months that we want to get into nonfiction. 
There are times we want to escape and get into fantasy. So I think what the goal is, initially, as we mentioned, there was one, we were one book, book club. We were one chapter in Nashville, Tennessee. And so we were picking books together as a group, books that we wanted to read. And we were welcoming other schools and chapters to join us in reading those books. Now that our community has grown, there are 2,000 chapters nationwide. So the goal, um, and one of the projects I'm working on this fall will be, okay, now that we're back in school, there's, um, there's a little bit more time, hopefully, for us to get back into reading and previewing. The goal will be to narrow all of the books that have been nominated by teachers and librarians in our community over the last year, send those out back to our chapters, and have our young people preview them, get excited, look through them, and recommend and vote. And so the, the ultimate, the next book list that we put out later this year will be generated by young people all over the country with input from their crazy librarians and teachers who are, who are there behind the scenes supporting them. But that's the goal. The goal is that it's not just an adult list. Yes, we're reading with their taste in mind, but the goal is to get, um, to have our young people drive that list. I agree. That's a great idea. That I think that's so important. And we're starting at our school to really reach out and let the kids kind of help drive what I select. And exactly. you know, I'm going through and I'll make sure that they're appropriate for our yep. campus. But definitely, you know, I, I can pick books all day long and they won't read them. <laughs> so you got to you got to give them what they're what they want. No, you're sure. right. And I think sometimes there's like there are some books, if we're honest, right, that adults that that adults love. Um, and they get, yeah. they get the awards and they get the, the pub and they're great for adults, but then there are other books that, um, that, that those same books may not resonate with our young people and vice versa. And so you're right. It's just a fun, that's what the, one of the best parts about what we do is having those conversations and, and getting a sense of, of what people, what our students are wanting and needing, especially in this moment. We're very excited that, um, we wrote a grant last year. And so when your new books, when the kids selected books yeah. come out in November, it looks like from your last newsletter, that's what it said. Um, our grant is going to cover a copy of all of the books from middle school and high school at all of our high schools and middle schools in our school district and that's an amazing. ebook of each one. Yes. So we are so excited. So we're Congratulations. really, yeah. so we're adding uh, chapters uh, as we speak in our school district. So we're very excited. Wow. And the ebook thing, are you, as you mentioned that, just like back to access, right? And so like helping students, there are a lot of students who read on Wattpad who read on their phones and and like, you're right, just like helping students, just making as many, making these great stories and these great books accessible um, and then creating a, a time and space to come together and talk about them. Whether, this is one tip too, I, I'll share with the group for, you know, chapter leaders who are listening. Um, it doesn't always have to be the same book either. Like I, in the past, we had one book where we had 30 or 40 of us reading it together Right now, we had our meeting yesterday. I'm looking in our, around our room, and we said, do you all want to read the same thing right now? And they're like, no, actually, we're all good. Like, they're all like, reading their own thing right now. But we still meet, and we share with each other, and we're designing new T-shirts, and we're reading uh, picture books to read to our local elementary. There are things that we can do as a community, as a chapter. Um, but like you said, having all those beautiful books available and accessible for students to borrow and check out, and then um, creating the space to talk about it. So I'm so excited for you that the grant um, it's going to make that happen. That's amazing. Yeah, we are very excited. So I did want to ask you a question. So I just want to make sure I have an understanding. So you don't have to be part of a chapter, obviously, right. To, to read the books and everything else. But when you are part of a chapter, it, 
I can look at it as I can almost have it like an umbrella. And that's where we do all of, a lot of the book clubs kind of under that chapter idea. Exactly. And maybe reaching out into service, which I love that idea um, of being able to do that. And I also noticed that you guys um, support reading with relevance was a, another um, thing that Project Lit has out there. So that looked to me like a lot of the different lists, or a lot of the different books that are on the list, and then they they have different um, lesson plans. Is Am I seeing that correctly? Yeah. So if you think about, um, you're absolutely right. So if you think about, depending on the role, right? So an educator, librarian, their, their proximity to young people will be different than an English teacher, right? But the goal is to help, one, make... Um, make sure that every student in this country has time to read books of their choice every day, right? So Project Lit wants to help do that to make sure if they're on the Project Lit list, great, but, other, but they don't have to be. We want students reading beautiful books all the time. Secondly, right, if we are going to have shared text, whole class reads, we want them to actually be good and meaningful for as many students as possible. And so our friends, like I have some friends who work with reading, reading with Relevance who have designed these great units, right, that can fit into an English classroom that can fit into our homeroom or our advisory or this time where we're thinking about the intersection of literacy and social emotional learning and mental mm -hmm. health and like designing lessons that meet the needs, the academic needs, but also the emotional needs of our young people. Um, there are great lessons. So people ask all the time, like, you know, how do I teach a lot of these books? Mm -hmm. And they've done that work. Right. So that's, that's a beautiful thing. And then for at the, the point about project lit as a, like as a chapter leader, right. I think the answer mm -hmm. is, whatever, whatever works for us. So if we're depending on our role and the barriers that we all face in different, different settings, um, if we can create a book club where students are coming together after school, before school, during lunch, great. If it happens during English block where every kid's reading books of their choice and we've got lit circles going, great. If we're able to do an audio book together and have that experience, awesome. A whole class read, awesome. If it's um, after, right, uh, with the partnering with a local um, a local like, community center or whatever, any ways that we're getting great books into the hands of our young people and then giving them the space and time to talk about it um, is what we can do. But yeah, so that's, um, I think I answered that. Yeah. So how, how do the resources I got, I got them in the newsletter. So to get the newsletter from you, would they need to be, we need to be, you need to be part of the chapters and yeah, so to get that. Yeah. So the goal is, right. We we're still a grassroots community. The goal, I think for me personally, I've got a baby. By the time this interview comes out, um, I made their baby a baby boy. That's here. Um, nice. My wife's due. Well, congratulations. Thank you. So happy Thank for you. you. So yeah, so we're excited. So all good things happening. And Project Lit was, was kind of my, my first baby. And the goal will be eventually, I think to, and if anyone's listening, who's interested in helping us do that, um, like creating an actual organization, right? Where I'm, I've got time in the day to, to work on leading, you know, Project Lit as a national organization. In the meantime, we are super grassroots. The link that we'll share with y'all, the bit.ly link that allows teachers and librarians to complete a chapter leader application, get onboarded, get the, the Project Lit starter kit and access to the newsletter. Um, that's the goal. Teachers sign up and join our community. And when they're ready to launch right launch in quotation marks a project lit chapter um during the school year using time to just kind of think about what it can look like wait till after a break and and get on board and be part of our community and so that's very simply it's teachers and librarians 
who are finding out in all these these ways through podcasts and and PD events and social media who fill out that application, get onboarded, and then when they're ready, um, they're able to start a chapter of their school. So I think that'll really alleviate some of the fears of some of the librarians in our school district because they think it's overwhelming and that they can't add another thing. And you've really, I think, alleviated that by what you just said. So I appreciate yeah, yeah. that. And I wish I could say it even through through email and through social media, it's harder. So I'll say it again. It is not meant to be an extra burden or an extra stress or something else on the plate because there's already too much. There's been so many things added to our plates and nothing is being taken off. So I completely get it. The goal is that Project Lit can just help enhance and support the work that we're already doing and eventually take things off our plate because, hey, there's going to be opportunities to connect with authors and to connect with other schools. And there's grant opportunities and all these other things that come our way as we stay in this work. But in the beginning, the easiest thing is just to sign up so that you kind of can start to get that information gather resources as they come in, start slowly. There's already, as you look at the graphics, right? We're already doing a lot of those things naturally, whether we're officially or unofficially part of Project Lit. And then over time, we build relationships with our colleagues. We get on, we get support from our, our folks in central office, our principals, our other teachers. We get support from those that are excited about this work. And then we feel good. And then we get our students excited to be the leaders of, of this club or chapter um, or community, whatever, when you know, kind of however it's, it's framed in, in your school. But yeah, that's, that's exactly that. It's not meant to be anything, anything stressful or, um, or burdensome at all. I noticed that, you know, once I became a chapter, then I got, I opened up this door to all these resources and that's what I like. So how does, how would somebody just hearing this for the first time, how do they, how do they join? What do they need to do? Yeah, so this, the bitly.com slash project lit C-O-M-M. And, and y'all will link to it as well. And I'll share it out. But that's it. There's a Google form that okay. takes you straight to. You can also email. I think easiest is me directly. Uh, Jared.amato at gmail.com. Those are the two easiest spots. Um, that's it. And then okay. the application, you'll see like there are some questions in there. Just answer the few that you think are don't take too long on it. I know there's a million things going on in the world. It's not like it's a, it's not a competitive process, but it is designed to make sure that people know what they're signing up for. So the questions there to be helpful, but then that's it. And then every, usually every Sunday, um, we'll see how October, November, maybe a little slower, but <laughs> ideally every Sunday I'm checking that and getting folks onboarded. And, um, and then we'll, we'll start to organize at the beginning of the year is so crazy for everyone. But now that hopefully we're easing in and things slow down, we'll have some events, um, back on Zoom where we can come together for the community uh, educator events just to ask questions, to hear from each other. Um, and then we just, yeah, chip away. Like we said from the beginning, kind of really just one one book at a time, one conversation at a time, one one step at a time. All right. And you have a Facebook page, Project Lit Community. You've got a Twitter page, at Project Lit Com, C-O-M-M. What other ways could we find same you? Handle, same handle on Instagram, too. And on Instagram. Project Lit C-O-M-M. You said some TikTok. Do you do the TikTok? No, I'm, no, I'm not on there yet. Are y'all on there or no? I, I I do a lot of just watching. I do not make anything. Same here. Same about, we have Instagram and uh, Twitter. Yeah. No, there are there are a lot of folks. I know I, I, I kind of lurk on there too. There's some really good, there's really good stuff on there. Mm -hmm. I will say 
one of the things that's exciting, right, for each local chapter. So when you think about your students who are leading your, your chapter, um, we've got a cool list of roles, right? So different roles. So yes, we want students reading, but then what does it mean to be a lit leader, right? What does it mean to be a, a student who's, who can like use this for their, like list this as their resume and help them gain access to jobs and internships and college experiences, right? Um, some can become like your social media coordinator for your chapter and they can start a project lit TikTok account for your school or a project lit YouTube channel where they're like putting up book reviews and yeah. all sorts of fun stuff. So that's one thing that's on there. And so um, if and when I decide to take a break, step out of the classroom to try to, to try to build this thing, like that's, we'll be able to start to build that infrastructure too, where we can eventually pay young people to, you know, to create content, to be part of this and to have um, teachers who are able to lead, um, who are able to support others in their area and their part of the country. And so that's the goal over time is that we, um, yeah, we can start to like honor all the young people and all the educators who are doing amazing work all well, over the country. I, I think you're doing great. And I 100% agree. Debbie and I have been working on a lot of different things and we just know sometimes it's taken us a couple of years um, to get there. It's a little bit at a time and that's just it's the best way to do it. But Jared, we just so much appreciate you taking the time today to talk to us and get the word out about Project Lit and really bringing um, these books that you know, and book deserts, as you said, to bring those out to let people know and, and find ways to hopefully make them into oasis. Oh, look at that. I like that. That was good. And, and it was. I really appreciate your enthusiasm for this literature. It has really changed the direction in our school for sure. So thank you so much for spearheading this because um, with such a diverse school, this is something that was, was really needed. For sure. Well, you are awesome. And thank and we'll, you. well, I'm excited as the year, maybe after, you know, in early 2022, think about getting our kids together online and, and just hanging out on, on Zoom or, uh, or Skype, just connecting and, and getting to meet each other. I'll be the, what you hearing this conversation, hearing y'all talk about your, your school too. Like, there are amazing young people everywhere who are wanting to, to read great stuff, to have these conversations be part of it. So, um, thank you all for all that you do and for bringing me on to talk about it. Absolutely. We would love to Zoom with you sometime. I think our <laughs> kids would be tickled pink. <laughs> Thanks, Jared. Wow, that was such an amazing interview with Jared Amato. I cannot believe that this guy who's so young, I mean, how much he's been able to accomplish. You know, he had all of these great goals and it just, I'm just amazed at all of his, everything he had to say. I was like, that's, that's us. A little bit of he time. expanded to 2,000 chapters by starting with oh, one. Wow. It's amazing. It's so I am so chapters. excited. I know that doesn't that give you a lot of hope? <laughs> give you hope for when you have these plans and these goals, and you know, you do you just have to kind of take a little bit by a little bit, and you do release some things and give them to the kids, and I think it makes a difference. Um, so for sure, um, in um, our podcasts, we like to make sure that we do some book talks, and we've chosen two books that are from Project Lit. I am going to be sharing today with you, I'm going to kick us off, with Black Brother, Black Brother. It's written by the award-winning best-selling author, Jewel Parker Rhodes. Um, this book uh, stands, it really stood out to me. I mean, it, enough that we chose it um, in Humble ISD, we chose it to be part of our Battle of the Books um, on that list this year. And um, the story is about these two middle school kids 
Um, they are biracial brothers. You have Dante and Trey. And, um, you know, they, it's about them navigating racism, navigating colorism and bullying. Because you've got Trey, who's the lighter skinned of the boys. Um, he's the older brother. And um, you've got the boys have a black, their mom is black. They think maybe like a Nigerian, um, Congolese. Uh, and then you have father who's white, kind of a Scottish, Irish and Norwegian. And uh, so Trey's lighter skin. And then you have and He's considered at the school. He's considered the white brother. And then Dante is the black brother. And I mean, he just kind of feels like he's swimming in whiteness is kind of what it has been described as at this middle field prep school where he is constantly being bullied by this kid named Alan because of the skin tone. So, you know, Alan targets Dante, you know, he throws a pencil and Dante gets blamed for it. Dante even gets arrested um, when he expresses how frustrated he is at, you know, kind of being singled out. And, um, you know, of course, as any kid's going to be, you know, they want to fight back. But what's amazing in the way that Jewel Parker Rhodes took this book is um, she she takes instead of reaching out and, and fighting him, you know, he decides that he's going to he's going to the best way to do anything is to fight this kid, Alan, on his home turf. And what Alan is successful at is fencing, if you can believe it. So Dante goes down a lot to like kind of like an old YMCA type thing. And he finds this uh, former Olympian coach. He's African-American and he's uh, had been to the Olympics in fencing. And he bugs him and he bugs him and he bugs him about training him. And um, he finally, you know, he was able to finally get this coach to help train him. And um, he, cause he wants to defeat Alan and figures this is how he would get respect, respect from, you know, everything that's going on. Um, and you, so as you're hearing the story about how he's being coached and everything like that, you know, he's also still dealing with legal troubles. He's this, his mom has filed a civil rights case for him. Um, so as you, if you read the novel, you know, it's, it's got a lot of um, dimension to their characters. And I think that it really teaches the readers um, about the effects of colorism. So um, this is about an age eight to 12, even a little bit higher up, um, but it's definitely a must read. I believe that so many people who, who work around kids, um, when you're talking about different diversities, this is, a, this is a great book. It really shows us, you know, kind of, you hear the other side. And I think that's an important, important book for us. So I was glad that this one was also on Project Lit. Um, and you've picked a Project Lit book, Debbie. Share with us what you have picked. Oh, yes. I am so excited about this book that I picked. Um, it's called Legend Born, and it's by the debut fantasy author, um, Tracy Dion. And it's published by Simon & Schuster. And the cover of the book is absolutely gorgeous. So I can't hardly describe it on a podcast, but it's a beautiful girl named Brie is the main character, and she's on the cover. And this is a fantasy book, and it the, the impetus of it starts off when her mother is killed and she doesn't want anything to do with her hometown or anything to do with family memories. And so she goes to the University of North Carolina at Chapel Hill and decides to start this pre-college program, even though she's you know a high school student, because she wants to get away from everything. 
Well, the first night that she is at the University of North Carolina, she um, witnesses some kind of a magical attack and flying demons that are feeding on human energies. And she doesn't know what is going on. Um, she goes on to discover this secret society called the Legendborn. And if you like anything to do with King Arthur or Camelot, this is kind of a mysterious take on that old legend. Come back to life with a very, very um, interesting protagonist. Her name is Bree. And she ends up meeting another character during this attack who is who calls himself Merlin. So you can see how the Arthurian legend comes to life. I think this book um, will really appeal to anyone in high school. Actually, it appealed to me. I love the fact that um, it's a fantasy book, but it's set down to earth and it has some feelings of the old South because it talks about the history of UNC with the how slaves had um, built many of the buildings at UNC Chapel Hill. And it brings in the mythology of some of the slave culture with what's going on today and the Arthurian legend. So I think anyone who likes something like that will really enjoy this book. And I'm so glad that they picked this new author, Tracy Dion, and have her on the um, Project Lit list because the kids are loving this. Our book club actually just read this, our student book club, and it was a big hit. It's time. It's time for our lightning round. This is a chance where we get to 30 seconds, spill as many of our book talks as we can. So... I am going to put 30 seconds on the clock and see how many I can spit out of my mouth. And here we go. Timing is now starting. My first book, The Mysterious Disappearance of Aiden S. by David Leviathan. Middle grade debut, brother Aiden, he's 12 years old, disappears in the middle of the night. They have these search efforts and then just as suddenly, because he's disappeared, he reappears. He's in the attic. Police, of course, are involved. They want to know what happened. Where has he been? Where has Aiden been? Everyone wanted to know what happened to Aiden. So he makes up a story. It sounded plausible, but it doesn't work. And it leaks that Aiden claimed he was away in a fantasy world while the town was looking for him. And now they're mad. That's it. <laughs> oh, okay, it's my turn. I can do better than that. Okay. If you cooked me with that book. I want to read that book now. For okay, sure. good. Well, hey, hey. Okay. <laughs> All right, Debbie. Okay, it's my turn. I can do better. I bet I can get three. Let's see if okay, I can get at least let's three. See. Okay. I got one. That's sad. All right, here we go. Go. Okay, Instant Karma by Marissa Meyer. It's a uh, New York Times bestselling author. It's a young adult contemporary romance. A girl is suddenly gifted with the ability to cast instant karma. This is good karma and some of it's bad karma. So try that one. Next one, Clap When You Land by Elizabeth Acevedo. Um, this is a story about Carmen and Yahira, two sisters who don't know about each other until their father dies in a plane crash. And then they are forced to be together. Oh, you got two. You got oh, two. Oh, I got two. I got two. You got two. Good job. So just to recap, the titles that we said, the first one is The Mysterious Disappearance of Aiden S., we have Debbie said, what were your two? Instant Karma by Marissa Meyer and Clap When You Land by Elizabeth Acevedo, which is also a project lit uh, selection. Awesome. So Debbie, pat on the back. Yay. <laughs> All right. Check out our next episode.
Uh, we will be broadcasting with one of our uh, wonderful librarians in our school district. Uh, we'll bring you some elementary, middle, and high school recommendations. Have a fantastic day. Remember, always tune in because it's always all in the library.